Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, May 17, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket? The first thing we're going to do is we're going to peer back a little bit and take a 30,000 foot view of the market. So what we'll first do is review the weekly chart. The market had a big melt-up last Friday. They finished the week in good shape. So we were always eyeballing where were they going to finish the week in a variety of markets, and guess what? They had a kick save into the end of the week. They finished the week on an ultra or uber positive note, and at the end of the day, nothing happened by the weekly close. Look where they are. They're pushing on the all-time highs, not that far away. The trend is your friend until she dumps you. That's it. The weekly chart, nothing wrong. Now back to the daily chart, what they did last Friday was jam the market back up to close above the 20-period moving average on the week. Now today, they're back below it, but what we had today is called an inside day. What's an inside day? Well, the high and the low of today we're inside the high and the low of Friday. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. That's an inside day. It's also known as a indecision day. You didn't have any conviction on the upside. You didn't have any conviction on the downside. Hence, the market left us with an inside day. Couple of other things of note when we look at the daily chart. So there's a gap left open. That number happens to be 417.94. On Friday, when they were pushing up during the melt-up operation, they made a high of 417.49, so they came up just short. So you have to interpret that one of two ways. Either they just didn't have enough fuel, they didn't have enough get-up-and-go to get there all the way home on Friday, or it's weakness, and they're going to fail, and they're going to leave the gap alone, and that is the indication of weakness. Now, under normal garden variety conditions, the duck is they're going to fill the gap. Maybe they do it on Tuesday, or maybe they have a couple of other days of just nothing activity, build some energy after the move higher, and what that would do, it was put the market above the gap. That would be building energy to go through the gap and higher, maybe challenging the all-time highs. That's certainly not out of the question at this point in time. Here's an example on a compressed version of what we just discussed. So if the market for the next couple of days, we don't know that it will or it won't, just a hypothetical, if in fact it went sideways for the most part for the next couple of days, it would look like this 240-minute chart. You see how this has already started to run sideways, build energy for another move higher. So we already had a move up off the lows, now they're putting in somewhat of a bull flag pattern off the lows. So what's that doing? It's telling us they're beginning to, or in the process of building energy to make another move higher. That next move higher likely doesn't stop at the gap. What takes this off the table at a minimum of on a temporary basis? If they start getting below 414, closing hourly below, and then certainly daily below 414, that's going to take that gap off the table until and unless they're back above or recapture that number. 
you're going to see 414 show up a little bit later. Here's a picture of the 120-minute chart. Now, the reason I like to bring up a lot of different charts, the reason I look at a lot of different charts all day, every day, is because you get a different viewpoint depending on the chart you're looking at. So the 240 chart, we saw them beginning to eat some time off the clock. On this chart, it's really the same thing, but what jumps off the page at me, what my eye is drawn to, is the visual of, hey, look, they came down to run a test of the breakup candle low. Now, I don't believe they got all the way to the bottom. They didn't. The low here is 413.18, and the low is 413.36. But from this standpoint, from the 120-minute chart, that's the first thing that comes to mind. You always want to catalog the first thing that comes to mind depending on the chart you brought up. What about the hourly chart? What do we see here? Basically, the same thing we just discussed on the 120 chart is prevalent on the hourly chart. They ran a test of that breakup candle low where it puts the market into no man's land if they were to get below and start closing candles below, then it opens the door to go fill the gap and possibly lower. What about stocks on the move? Did we have numbers in mind? Were we the proper tour guide today for Inside the Numbers members? Well, let's go find out. We're going to run through the commentary. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. It's an open book. We always see the good, the bad, and the ugly. We had a happy Monday. Wake up slightly red only after a tremendous Friday floater melt-up operation. So a little bit of a pullback really isn't out of the ordinary. So we scroll up to see what the early thoughts were. This is still right around zero dark 30. Remember what we just discussed. The first thing on my mind this morning when I looked at the chart was the question that will be answered shortly by Mrs. Market. There's an open gap, the 417.97 we discussed, and it was just above Friday's high. So we talked about this. On one hand, they were up so much, who can blame them for running out of steam, if you will? On the other hand, why didn't they fill the gap? It was less than 50 cents away. So you have to look at both sides and you have to weigh it. Is it hugely out of the ordinary? Not really. You just want to note it. You want to look into it and you want to see if there's anything that starkly stands out. Under normal garden variety market conditions, they're going to find a way to fill the gap either today or tomorrow. And then if they were to do it today, we had some numbers above the gap. We don't need those now because they didn't do it. However, if they don't and they go in the other direction, if they continue the early pullback slash shakeout operation, then they should be able to run a test of 14.50, give or take. Below 4.13.18 is a fumble and trouble for the bulls. Now that's the first blush at zero dark 30. Let's see what else we have as we scroll up. 9.24, still pre-market, pre-opening bell. Where will the buy the dip crowd show up? There's a couple of likely spots, so we'll make it into a zone. 4.14.50 down to a spike of 414. There should be a bounce for a trade, not necessarily a marriage. On the flip side, 416.50 to 75 would be overhead resistance and a spot where higher would be harder on the first hit. Here's your five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity, and here is the entire trading day. 414, 
slightly below for just a little while a few times but you can see 414.50 to 414 was a zone and just slightly below 414 is where the buyers showed up what did we say before a spike of 414 that's what i wanted that's what you got now from a trading perspective yours truly didn't get it the way i wanted it i wanted a spike of 414 here when they came down they came up short rallied away and then did it later on that's not the same trade to me how they do it is one thing the fact that the numbers work is an entirely different thing the market doesn't always give you the numbers and the trade and the setup in the manner in which you want however if you're an analyst and you're looking at the numbers and you're looking at where the support was where the resistance was and incidentally 41650 was the overhead resistance high of day happens to be 41639 so that was a gap and they missed that gap and then they also missed the gap from friday so that's interesting in and of itself one was really off a different time frame this is a shorter time frame neither was filled that's the gap we're discussing above that's interesting that doesn't mean they won't do it on tuesday it's just interesting that they chose not to do it today again there's no accidents nor coincidences in the market if they wanted to fill the gap on friday they would have filled the gap on friday now that you saw the entire trading day what you can glean from the notes and what you should do is pause the video and read the notes and go back to the charts to double check the work but you're going to see the same 414.50 to 414.00 show up over and over and over again you're going to see 415.40 show up all over and over again and you'll see here once again 415.40 was also overhead resistance we had two numbers they had to get above later in the day 415.40 in order to make a run for the 416.50 well they started to do it right into the closing bell maybe that's a sign they'll do it in the morning maybe it's not but what they did was run out of time on the clock read the notes double check the work you're going to see these numbers appear over and over and over again you're also going to be able to learn how to read the tape during the trading day it's not just numbers in here you have to read the information read the information and see what happened on the chart after the fact see what both sides were see what if they do this what's the likely outcome what if they do that what's the likely outcome and you'll see this kind of thing over and over and over again inside the numbers and what it is is and what it speaks to is how this whole thing is formulated at least for me to you basically i teach how the foundation of how the market works that's taught in the lazy e-mini trader course i use these videos each and every day for the continuing education component and then for the folks that just want that much more inside the numbers is like a phd it's also a three-pronged approach it's also the three-legged stool let's see what else we have into the end of the day all in all it was a very narrow range day today the volatility was very very low throughout the trading day we had a list of stocks on the move none of them hit their price targets except one it was comcast comcast was a stop out also known as a shit burger for about a buck loss what happened here is the 
market absolutely hated the mega deal that was announced this morning between AT&T and Discovery. So they took all these media companies and they sent them out behind the woodshed. They couldn't catch a bid all day long. Here's your gap and crap in Discovery. They started to like the deal, at least in terms of the market participants. Then all of a sudden they started to sell and they sold them all day long. What's going on over in Camp IWM? We're down during the day, but finished the day up 38 cents, slightly positive for the day. Still underneath the convergence of those two moving averages, the 20 and the 50, but that's a positive development. If this is anything to portend anything for tomorrow, then the S&P 500 is going to be up tomorrow. The IWM is, in fact, my favorite market-leading indicator. We have to take this as a puzzle piece. It must be on the table. What are they going to try and do? They're going to try and climb up the breakdown candle toward the high. The high is two and a quarter 67, and it's just around that same neighborhood, slightly above the convergence of those moving averages. So if they begin to climb up that breakdown candle, they're going to get into the moving averages. They're going to make a run for the high of the breakdown candle, potentially. And guess what? That's going to be showtime for the IWM. That's going to be showtime for the bulls to see if they can get above, begin closing hourly above that candle high, and then daily above. And what that'll do is it'll send it on another leg higher to 228, 229. So right now what we have in the IWM is a series of lower highs. You have a high, you have a lower high, and you have a potential lower high situation here But that has the potential to be broken, and if that's broken, they'll challenge the former high. Above all the moving averages, she turns back to bullish. And what we need to know is that the IWM is, in fact, for the second time today, my favorite market-leading indicator. What about the folks down at the transportation department? What's going on here? Again, last week they came in to run a test of the 20-period moving average, and here we are approaching or near the all-time highs. There's nothing wrong with this chart. There's nothing wrong with this particular part of the tape. Therefore, we move it along. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? This chart does not look like the transportation department. This chart still is not in great health. From a daily chart perspective, they're teetering on giving up the trend. They're trying to get saved. The first responders are out on the field. Look what happened on the weekly chart. Let's just see what happened last week. See if you buy into any of this stuff that I believe drives how the market works. So here's a breakup candle. Here's a low. 324.64. Where was the close of the week? 326.39. And here, just from an hourly chart perspective, you get an idea what's going on. You had the melt-up operation on Friday that sent price over and stayed above that number. But if you don't think that's important, then check this out. I don't believe in coincidences. So the opening print today, 324.61, three pennies below that number. What did they do at the end of the day? They tried to rally it back to that number. Does anybody think that that number is important? Does anybody think that I might have a beat on how the market works? I certainly don't know everything. I certainly don't know nearly as much as I would like to know, but I'm pretty sure I know some shit that others don't.
So from a daily chart perspective, how do the cues work? Well, if they want to get above the 50-period moving average, they're going to start climbing the breakdown candle. Where's the high of that breakdown candle? 332.96. What's also over there? Somewhere in the vicinity of that happens to be, yep, the 20-period moving average. Accident or coincidence? No. So if, in fact, we have a bullish turnaround Tuesday underway, you've got an idea of what's going on from the larger picture perspective, whether it's the Qs, whether it's the SPY, whether it's the IWM. That's why we go over this stuff. Anything wrong with the financials? The trend is your friend? Yeah, pretty much. They're approaching the all-time highs that were just reached about a week ago. There's nothing wrong with this chart. Move it along. What about the SMH, or as we like to call them, smash mouth? Maybe they can rally up into the convergence of these moving averages, which is also a breakdown candle high right around 241. But this is not a healthy chart. From a daily chart perspective, this is a high, a lower high, a lower high, a downtrend underneath moving averages. The trend is downward. They're building a bearish wedgish pattern. Maybe they come up to here, touch off on the moving averages, and get rejected again. We don't know yet, but that's the setup that has the appearance of what's going on for Smash Mouth. Now, why did I go over that type of scenario, and that was the first chart I went over it on? Because of the weekly close. Remember how intent I was, the weekly closes, I was going to be watching them? Well, guess what? So we have a breakup candle low, and the low is 234.53. What was the close last week? 233.34. Is that a hint? Is that just a hint that they're giving up and beginning to give up the longer-term trend in Smash Mouth? Now, obviously, that also put below, price below the 20-period moving average on the weekly chart, that's the first time they closed below the 20-week moving average in a long, long time. You have to take that of note. It's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. Smash Mouth is a pretty darn good proxy for the tech space as a whole. If you're going to lose the semiconductor space, you're going to lose tech. If you're going to lose tech, you're going to lose the rest of the tape. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.